Welcome to the Advanced Born Global podcast. I'm Johanna Pittman, CEO of Advanced.org, the professional network for overseas Australians. This podcast introduces remarkable Australians who have built their career overseas. We celebrate their optimism, creativity and resourcefulness to succeed across the globe. In this series, we meet the 2021 Advance Award winners. During each episode, I inform the interviewee that they will receive an Advance Award. Listen out for their unfiltered and heartfelt responses. I hope you enjoy getting to know more about these inspiring global Australians. In this podcast, you will meet Andrea Boyd, winner of the Emerging Leader Award in 2021. In simple terms, could you describe what you do as the way you would for, let's say, a high school audience, please? So in my role, um, I work in mission control, running hundreds of different experiments and engineering on the International Space Station um, to benefit our lives back on Earth. And tell us about your, you mentioned um, your new role in the last sort of seven years, but I never realised that you had, there was a time when you were, on shift work in that role. So maybe can you tell us a little bit about how how mission control operates and what's the nature of the work? What's the day-to-day look like? Yeah, so mission control, it's not just Houston like the movies. There's Houston and Huntsville in the US. Um, there's Moscow in Russia, Scuba in Japan and uh, Munich in Europe, uh, which is actually Munich, Cologne and seven other countries. Uh, but it doesn't really matter, you know, if you're upstairs or across the ocean these days because we're all very well connected um, and we communicate constantly and we're on synchronised um, operating systems as well to support each other on and off Earth. So we do that in... Um, shifts that cover uh, 24-7 operations and uh, we run on GMT which is a convenient time zone where I'm working in Europe because it's only one or two hours difference Um, but it does mean you know the night shifts in Japan and and the US are the busiest Uh, but we have three different shifts across the day um, morning and afternoon and evening and we're on this synchronized uh, time with GMT um, that we use in mission control and the International Space Station. I, I recall and you were just mentioning working in Roxby and in, in, in the mining industry. So you've taken this career path. Tell us where you probably expected to end up and was it what you're doing now? Uh, yeah, no, I was certainly um, dreamed on working in something in space like Star Trek. Uh, and the International Space Station Project is the closest thing that we have to Starfleet. Um, so we've got all the different countries working together to advance humanity. And uh, it's even better from the inside than I thought it was from the outside. So it's a, such a wonderful project to be able to be a part of. And, and you've been there now in Germany for how many years? And, and tell us about that experience of kind of moving into that project and, and in that field and now sort of staying there and rising up within the organisation. Yes, I've been at Mission Control in Belgium and and Germany as well, um, as well as assisting, of course, in Houston and and Moscow and other places uh, for 10 years now, uh, primarily with shifts the last seven years um, in Germany. So uh, it's been a really good privilege and, uh, as mentioned, just being able to work with all of the different countries and flight controllers around the world. Um, We speak our own 
brand of nerd I feel like so even when you meet people from other mission controls you've just got this instant connection uh, right away and it's really wonderful to be able to work on um, you know just really cutting-edge science and engineering with people from such different backgrounds uh, all across the globe and off earth of course with the astronauts on the space station. And with your work and you mentioned the experiments that are going on all the time what are some of the most exciting from your perspective or the ones that you're really following closely? Uh, so in my previous role, I was a specialist on uh, solar experiments and um, robotics. Uh, so I was particularly following those when I was in Belgium. And um, now since about seven years, um, I'm a generalist on all of the different experiments. So I am the one who's interfacing between the astronauts and mission control for honestly hundreds of different experiments across all the fields because we have four different laboratories constantly running um, different things uh, on the space station. Uh, the whole thing's you know about the size of a five-bedroom house and about four bedrooms worth are science laboratories that have so many different um, experiment racks and standalone platforms um, inside as well as we've got different experiments outside as well. So we're really uh, running one of the most advanced um, multifaceted you know set of science laboratories um, orbiting around earth and there's a lot of things that are really unique to microgravity um, that you can only do up there as well to then be able to bring back and, and uh, benefit our lives back on earth. I know that outside of your role you you're a really big participator in some of that advocacy around space research but also for Australia to play a role. Can you tell us a little bit about how you came to be part of that and what motivates you to be involved in that uh, on top of a probably what sounds like a very busy role? Uh, yeah, I think it happened. Um, there's a lot of people, you know, that inspired me over the years from, from CSIRO, um, from the space school teachers, uh, the real life scientists and engineers that I met for the first time. Um, fictional characters on Star Trek, not going to lie, quite inspiring. Um, so, yeah, on the side, I've always done a lot of volunteering and trying to give back to that um, and created, you know, thousands of different opportunities for Australians to be able to do things at home as well as abroad. Um, and uh, space, primarily, it's all about satellites. Uh, so I might work on the coolest one, but it's, um, you know, it's mostly about satellite data. Uh, and Australians are, you know, 100% dependent on satellite data for our everyday lives, for, you know, the, the weather, GPS, um, banking, uh, every FPOS transaction that you do, live sport, live news, uh, remote outback internet, uh, the surf report, um, bushfire protection, environmental monitoring, flood monitoring, you know, all of this is space. And really for Australia, it's about, um, you know, enabling what we need and providing um, the, all of these things for daily life, but better and cheaper using satellites. Yeah. And, and can see why that's really meant you've really been promoting it and I can hear the way you explain it. Well, look, we really did want to have you here and have this opportunity to chat because it is a really fascinating field. But we also wanted to let you know that um, in the awards, not only are you a finalist, but you're the winner of that category of emerging leader. Oh, really? Oh, no way. Huh? Cool. I didn't know that. Thanks. Okay. Oh, spring that on me. I had pre-prepared answers to the questions. <laughs> not that. No. Cool. Okay. 
Yeah, it, uh, and I know we spoke last year and it really is a nature of these awards in that we want to recognise everyone every year, but yeah. we just, and we knew how fantastic your work was. Um, that, well, that's the thing though, because I was reading the others as well and I sent it to my best friend. I'm like, what do you think? And he's like, I don't know, they're all pretty great. I'm like, I know. <laughs> like, no, it's really cool to read everybody's stories because honestly, you just managed to pick like such amazing people. I'm reading them and I'm just such in, in awe of everybody. Oh, that's good. And, and yeah, and, and I guess um, as part of that, and, and it sounds like you're on your way home at the moment. Um, I made it back. Yeah. Oh, are you in yeah. Howard Springs now? Oh, no, I'm done. Um, I'm done. I did 10 days pre-flight quarantine. I did this, you know, 17-hour flight plus three hours on the tarmac. 14 days in Howard Springs, four days home isolation. It was 31 days all up. I actually had to make, like with this travel ban and with all of the different things, you know, I had to make myself a procedure effectively. It was it was more complicated than a space station procedure just to make sure I didn't miss any steps because you're, you know, you can't miss any steps, you can't mess up any steps, you've got a ton of different deadlines and the goalposts are constantly changing with what paperwork and things that are needed to be able to come back and all the different things that you need to do. It actually ended up being 112 different steps which weren't clear at the beginning and I just had to sort of figure them out as I went along but even if you you know if you don't figure any of them out it's like you get kicked off the flight or you get deported or so it was really um ah oh, it was unbelievable but yeah got through it yeah more more corona tests in that month than astronauts did the entire last year <laughs> so I'm no I'm, I'm out I've been um yeah I've been released to the public since Monday wow well that's yeah. great so wait, are you in Adelaide I'm in Adelaide yeah Hey, fantastic. Well, that's great to know. Adelaide University is incredibly excited about all of the graduates from there that are being recognised in oh, the award. Yeah, they're lovely. I always pop by when I'm back. Um, I haven't told them I'm back yet, but I'll, I'll probably go next week. Yeah. Okay. Well, fantastic. I guess one of the things I'd, I'd how would you frame to students that Space is a very appealing industry, obviously. Um, what advice do you give to, to students to thinking about getting into that field and, and what would you say they should focus on? So I think um, to work in the space industry now, you don't have to go. There's a lot of opportunities overseas, but you also don't have to go overseas. So you can do a combination of overseas and at home. You don't have to, and that's not the only option like it was for myself and others in the past. Uh, now that we have the Australian Space Agency at home, we've got lots of opportunities around all of the states in Australia, plus Australians, of course, are very welcome overseas um, to contribute to the industry, and we have a lot of amazing Australians doing that. I think you can pick any engineering, any science, any maths, any technology, manufacturing, um, finance, business, graphic design, IT, law, education, all of these different fields are needed in the space industry. So so, you know, go with what you're passionate about and you can turn almost any career that you are in into um, a stellar space career as well on the side. And you don't have to uh, look too far anymore because there are amazing opportunities uh, all around Australia. And what inspires you? What motivates you each day to take on this incredible role and, and to stay in this industry? What excites you about the future in it? Yeah, so I'm curious to understand uh, the world around us and all the different cultures and languages and technology. Um, and I'm motivated to really, you know, bring uh, microgravity research back to benefit us on Earth and also to make our lives a bit more like Star Trek. Thank you for listening to this podcast. 
For more on the winners of the 2021 Advance Awards, please go to our website, advance.org. You can also scroll through and learn more about over 150 game changers who have been recognised by Advance over the last 10 years.